Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 11, Blinded by the White Lighter. It originally aired on January 25th, 2001, and had 5.44 million viewers. So... This episode starts out in the kitchen at the manor. Prue is making this potion for Phoebe's meeting with the DA investigator, and Piper is making breakfast. Then Leo walks in and says he's hungry, and Piper's like, probably because you missed dinner last night. And he's like, Piper, I already said I was sorry I was late, okay? It's not like I was out carousing with the boys. I was out being a force of good in the universe. <laughs> we know the um, truth, Leo. Yeah, we, we know your secrets. Piper says, a true force of good would have called, or at least orb. And he said, I couldn't, not under the circumstances. She's like, which were? He's like, work-related, which means I can't talk about it. I mean, anything that happens between me and a charge is confidential. You know that. And then she cuts herself on a knife, and he heals her. And Piper says, you know, this all-for-the-good-of-mankind stuff really puts me in an awful position. I have no choice but to be understanding. And he says, you just have to accept that you're engaged to somebody who works for the CIA. Then Phoebe walks in and questions this and proves like, you know, ever since you became a blonde, makes like a dumb blonde joke. Then Phoebe laughs and Prue gives her the potion and tells her to drop it in Reese's coffee. Says that if he's a demon, it will make him choke and she can run, which um, I don't know where this information was any other episode. In this point no, time. literally. There were so many times this would have been useful, bro. (laughs) And I wonder if we'll ever have that happen again. Phoebe's like, I haven't even considered the fact that Reese might be evil. And Bruce says, then why are you so nervous? And she's like, because he's probing Cole's disappearance. I mean, I'm not exactly looking forward to to being grilled about my demon ex, you know. And she says, well, as long as you don't blurt out, I killed Cole, you'll be fine. And Leo says, why don't you practice saying, as far as I know... Cole is alive and well and could be anywhere and see how it feels and they all look at her and she says it and then Prue says try not to look as guilty as you did just now you'll give yourself away and Phoebe says I just can't wait for this investigation to be over and Piper's like it will be soon it has to there's nothing to find Prue's like is there Phoebe's like of course not and then she walks out and Prue tells her to be careful (laughs) so kind of a long intro scene we had there but quite a bit going on we get some uh, some little banter between Piper and Leo, which I feel like is going to be a little important later. I mean, you and I know that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, I mean, the word charges. Have we heard that before? I think previously he's just said like clients, right? Like this is the first time he's referring to them as his charges. Oh, wow. I've never even noticed that before. You're right. I guess I don't I don't think he has said the word charges before. Like but what yeah. did he refer to um Daisy as? He I don't remember. Charges. I can't I don't remember. Yeah, we'll have to look back at that. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look back. Or if anyone has recently watched season one and wants to send us a message and let us know, totally open. But yeah. I know in the past few episodes, he's been saying things like, oh, my client or like things like that. So I'm like, have we ever heard charges before? I'm not sure. Yeah, charges is a new one, but I like it. I like it too. And then of and course, I mean, sorry. direct lie about not going out with the boys. Come on, Leo. I know. Like, Leo, come on. We've already established you're going to play golf. You're drinking. We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing behind the back. Like, how long does it really take? Oh, you had to be with your charge all night? Come on. Be for real. <laughs> no, seriously. And, I mean, I'll have some jokes later on about one of his white lighter friends who we're going to meet, but I'll save that for later. Yep. <laughs> and Phoebe's guilty conscience, we're still not letting go of this whole Cole thing, which... I feel like we're getting closer and closer here. I mean, the more they bring it up, the more I'm wondering, is he coming back? If so, and when? Are they going to find out soon? Like, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I really like this thing between her and Prue, because Prue doesn't understand why she's nervous, of course, which right. is because Cole is alive. He can be bound. But, like, to Prue, she's like, you think Reese is evil, and she's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, I really like the way that Phoebe's mind hasn't even gone there, but Prue's so demon-focused that that's kind of her first thought. Right. And I mean, on top of the fact that, like, not only is she so demon-focused, but like you said, she has no idea why else, like, what other reason could Phoebe possibly have to be nervous over something that, you know, there's nothing that can be found. But at the same time, we have seen Phoebe nervous about lying to, like, the authorities before. Like, we saw that in the first episode of this season when they had to lie about Emilio and she was so, like, worried about lying to Cole. Yeah, this is true. She doesn't, she's not that kind of person. She doesn't like, you know, to lie to authorities. And also, I mean, whether or not there is anything to find, like she said, being grilled about Cole, that's obviously not something that anybody would be looking forward to, like having to switch the story around and relive all that experience, you know? Yeah, definitely. Prue's not quite so understanding, I feel like. As understanding as she she tries to say that she is, but I feel like I can see right through that. And she doesn't seem to be as there for her as, you know understanding about Phoebe's emotions on the situation as she tries to be. Yeah, I think that Prue is the type of person who is very, like, solution-oriented and is like, this is what you have to do. Right. Um, whereas Phoebe's more of, uh, I need to feel it and go yeah. through this before I can look at solutions. Like, right now, I just need to feel what I'm feeling. Right. She's more of an emotional person, and that's her way of getting through things. Yeah which is totally valid, where Prue is just, it's never been her, you know? Mm -hmm. So then we're in the alleyway, and there's this red-haired woman being chased by a man with long, dark hair. And he throws, like, a flame at her, and she uses a power to block it. It's kind of, like, blue and appears on her hand, and then it throws the fire away from her. She says, you can't hurt me. I can deflect your power. And he says, all of them and then throws another fireball at her and again she deflects it and it hits him and it seems like he vanquishes but actually he doesn't because as she takes a step back he appears behind her and grabs her putting this knife to her throat he says you know the ability to clone myself is just one of the powers that i've collected over my years of killing witches 
And now I'm about to add one more. And he stabs her. And then we see like this white appear on her face as like her power goes from her to him. And then he drops her body to the floor and her white lighter, who's also a red haired woman in a business suit, orbs in. And she looks at him and then runs over to her charge. And he tells her that she's too late and he'll see her later and then blinks out. All right. So quite an interesting, you know, introduction to our big bad of the episode. I know. This guy seems to be pretty freaking powerful. Very powerful. I mean, I'm really interested in him. Um, I'm excited to find out more. I don't want to like say too much here because I feel like we're going to continue learning about him. But so far, we know that he has fireballs, he has blinking, he has this cloning ability, and now he's about to have her power, which is to deflect other powers. Yes. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about him here because we don't have enough details about him yet. But so far, he's got quite a few powers that we've seen right off the rip. And I'm looking forward to see where we're going with this. And... This is our first time seeing, I think, any other white lighter besides Leo. Yeah, it is. I don't think we've ever seen one before. You're totally right. Yeah, I think that's it. So then we go to the theme song, and then it goes into the dining room at the manor, and Leo and Piper are sitting down for breakfast, and she's telling him how she has lunch with the guy from the Chronicle who wants to do a story about P3. And then a meeting with guys from the internet who want to do something for P3 as well. And then she asks him what he's doing today. And he says, "Mm, you know, just the usual. She's like, care to elaborate? He's like, Piper. She's like, oh, come on, just a few details, a tidbit. And he's like, it's against the rules. And she says, rules? Yes, see, this is my problem. Every time I turn around, we seem to be violating some stupid white lighter ordinance. And then he says, we just have to be careful as long as we're under probation. And she says, it's never ending. And she's like, I don't know, Leo. I don't think they're ever going to let us get married. And he says, they will. They have to. Nothing's going to keep us apart, I promise. And then they lean in to kiss. And all of a sudden, someone orbs in behind them. And Leo's like, Natalie. And Piper yells and gets up. And this girl, Natalie, is like, Leo, sorry to interrupt, but we've got a major problem on our hands. And Prue runs in because she heard something and sees an Athame in Natalie's hand and is about to attack, thinking that she's a demon or something. And Leo says, no, it's okay. She's a white lighter. And he starts explaining their history. And Natalie says, all your charges need to know is that I'm a white lighter. This is not a social call. I've come to warn the charmed ones that a warlock just killed my most powerful charge with this Athame. And Leo said, I'm so sorry. And she's like, thank you. The real tragedy is that it didn't have to happen. I warned her to lay low and she didn't listen. She always refused to let her magic interfere with her life. And now a warlock has her power of deflection. And Prue's like, wait a minute, does that mean he could deflect our powers? And she's like, yes, which is why all white lighters have been put on alert. And Leo says, we have. Why haven't I heard about this? And she's like, because you missed this morning's staff meeting. And I was like, you have staff meetings. And Natalie's like, with mandatory attendance. And Leo's like, unless a charge is in need, which Piper was, I had to heal her. And she's like, right. And she holds up her finger and it's all like awkward and pathetic. (laughs) Natalie's like, I'll assume a demon attacked your finger since healing is restricted to such circumstances. 
and Leo says, I believe the charmed ones deserve special attention. And then Prue makes like a face like, yeah. And Natalie um, says, I've heard such rumors about such special attention and honestly, Leo. And then they start speaking angrily back and forth in like this language of clicks, like, like really fast. And Prue and Piper look so confused and annoyed. And then the one English word that they say is Piper. And Piper's like, well, I guess I know what they're talking about. And then Prue says that she's going to go look at the book in the attic. And Natalie's like, the attic? You mean in the altar room, don't you? The rules are very clear. Every witch must keep their book of shadows in a sacred and protected spot. And Leo suggests that Prue just brings the book down here. And Prue's like, yeah, I'll just run up to the altar room, which, by the way, is right next to the potions lab, and I'll be right back. And she goes, and then Leo sighs and picks up a strawberry, and Natalie, like, clicks at him some more, and he puts it down. And then he turns to Piper and says, not supposed to eat on the job. And Piper looks very annoyed about this whole situation. <laughs> oh, I'm getting the long ones today. Yes. All right. So... First thoughts on the scene, the opening part with Piper and Leo, it's really cute. I like seeing her kind of struggle and frustration with this kind of never ending probation. I mean, after all, it has been almost seven episodes. I think their probation started at the end of episode three, right? And now we're at episode 11. So it has been a long time. I'm feeling this with her. And, you know, I get the idea that it's hard if your partner is keeping any type of secret for you, even though if it's something that's like doesn't involve your relationship at all, has to do work, it just feels like, why aren't you telling me about your day when I'm telling you about mine? So I totally get where she's coming from. Right. And she knows, and it sucks for her because, you know, she has to be understanding of that fact because like he said, it's not just a, like a simple day-to-day thing. It's like, a this is really something I can't talk about, can't discuss with you for the greater good, for the protection of other people. And so she has no choice but to be understanding, but that's such a frustrating feeling to not be able to be included on that part of his life, not being able to hear about where he goes every day and what he does every day. I mean, it would frustrate me just as much. No, absolutely. And I like that we're getting introduced to more idea or more um, like struggles between them as a couple, a little more bickering and like the back and forth, like when you finally get comfortable enough with someone and then you know, obviously no really big fights, but like the slight little back and forth. I think it's realistic. It's cute. And I just, I love seeing Piper and Leo together. Yeah, no, their relationship has definitely developed into something very genuine and something very like worth watching and worth seeing continuously throughout the show. I also like the way that despite not being able to tell her again, they're having this really good communication here that we've been talking about for them all throughout since they got back together and this moment of reassurance that he gives her you know nothing's going to keep us apart I promise and I believe him when he says it and so does she and that's what matters right very genuine then we have our friend Natalie oh boy my emotions about Natalie are so mixed I'm going to reserve my judgment for her until the end of the episode but I will say the joke I wanted to make is You know, if Leo's out carousing with the boys, is Natalie the pick-me girl who hangs out with them? Oh my God, probably. (laughs) She's the one, no, she's the one that gets there and it's like, guys, you shouldn't be doing this right now. We have other things to focus on. She's the (laughs) one that goes to, like, reminds the teacher that there was homework. You know what I mean? Like, she's that one. 
like you're right off kind of two goody two shoes she's she's that girl so by the book you can tell right away based on her attitude I mean she comes in this like professional looking suit she's all put together questioning Leo about like you know the way he handles the witches questioning the witches about how they choose to go about you know their life and you know the book being not being in the altar room like right off the bat she's showing a lot of uh authority and like I don't know what the word is but it's a lot and there's a lot of questioning of the charmed ones you know and I think this will come up later in the episode when Leo jumps in more to their defense but there's a lot of judgment coming from her we know the charmed ones are the most powerful witches right and Another thing that I think stands out in this scene is, yes, she seems affected by the loss of her charge, but it doesn't feel emotional. And one thing I'm wondering in terms of that, is it because, like we were saying about Claire in season two, she's a woman in a male-dominated field? I don't know how many female white lighters there are versus men, but I'm wondering if there's anything different. And I also do want to compare her lack of emotion to Leo's use of emotion later in the episode. Me too. I definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing the differences between the way they both act and um, work on emotion versus working on logic and discipline. So you can definitely see the difference between him and Natalie already, but we'll definitely see a lot more of that as we continue on aside from the fact that it's obvious that the sisters are being or feeling very annoyed with Natalie, you know, feeling pushed back by her not trusting and not loving the situation already. So I know there's going to be some, some issues throughout. Yes. And also, I mean, the way that, you know, Leo's trying to introduce his friend to his girlfriend and she's very like, we have to be all business. And then we get like the click language. I think it's very comedic. Yeah. It is funny. And uh, poor Piper I know is not loving this. Not at all. And I mean, Prue with the little like digs, like, oh, I'll just run up to the altar room. Yeah. Next to the potions lab. <laughs> Love oh. that Hallowell wit. I know can't get enough of it so then we're at the diner and we see Reese and Phoebe sitting at a table across from each other he says you sure you don't want something to eat and she says she's fine but then as a waitress is coming by she says she'll have a bagel so he turns to the waitress to ask and when he turns around she pours the potion into his coffee he turns back to her and says it's a nice place it's crowded I guess that's why you picked it that makes me think you're afraid of something. And he sips the coffee and like starts coughing, but then like it turns out he's fine. He says it was allergies. And then he says, so are you afraid? And she says, afraid of coal? No. Why should I be? He says, well, several reasons, not the least of which is he's a fraud, a man who exists only on paper, wormed his way into the DA's office for reasons unknown, who apparently has a very dark side and he pulls out some photos and says we found bloodstains on his carpet and a hidden cabinet full of occult paraphernalia are you telling me you don't know anything about this she says no i mean yes i don't know anything about this he says look miss hallowell 
I think you know more than you're letting on, but you're scared. You're afraid that if I find out the truth that you're going to get in trouble. Am I right? She says, I wish I could help you, but I can't. I'm sorry, I really am. And she starts to get up and he says, listen, Cole's the kind of man who knows how to cover his tracks, okay? Now, if he's alive and you know something, he could hurt you. He could hurt your sisters too. And she looks at him for a second and then grabs her bag and leaves. That went well. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. So I can only imagine what it must look like to Reese. You know, what he thinks is happening. I mean, to be fair, Cole is a killer and everything. But Reese probably thinks he's like this crazy fraud, like, you know, killer that's like on the run and doesn't have any background. Like, it's it's so weird. Like, doesn't have his real identity. Because technically, if they were to look into Cole Turner, they would see that that guy was born in like what was whatever year 1885 1885 so they would know that he's using a false identity so to reese this guy he doesn't even know who he is yeah no there's something very suspicious going on if you're reese and he's probably thinking like serial killer something like that because of all the like weird occult stuff right blood stains little does he know And I wonder what he thinks Phoebe's, like, involvement is. Like, does he think, like, she found out and broke up with him or, like, he threatened her? Like, I wonder how he's viewing Phoebe at this point. Me too. I kind of do wonder. I think that he knows for a fact that he's a little suspicious of her, I could tell. But I feel like he knows for a fact that she's nervous about the whole situation, that she knows more than she's letting on. And kind of has that concern that, like, okay, they were together, so maybe she maybe he's contacted her and she might know where he is or have an idea of how to find him yeah right which is like so hard because he can't get her to admit it and he can't like how else is he supposed to force that information out of her besides talking to her and trying to make her feel scared and more threatened by him which isn't really going to work because she knows the truth and he doesn't you know yeah exactly and i'm wondering like how this investigation is going to continue like when yeah, what's he gonna and do? if will we see Reese again? Yeah, no, I really wonder what this investigation is going to lead to. I mean, obviously, he's not really going to be able to find anything. So I can't wait to see how they kind of close out that part of the story. Because it's going to have to eventually, you know, unless Cole comes back and gets arrested. And like, what what's going to happen then, you know? Daryl has to uh, break him out of jail. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, literally. Speaking of, where are you, Daryl? We're still missing you. I know. He hasn't been in in so... How many episodes now? I think the last time we saw him was the Halloween episode, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's been... We haven't seen Daryl in quite a bit. Yeah, and that was episode four. Right. I'm back, Dorian Gregory. You were supposed to be my season three crush. Now I lost both my season three crushes. Where are you at? I know. What the hell is this? What's going on here? Now my only season three crush is Piper. (laughs) literally leo too for me at least love leo i love him but i'm not in love with him (laughs) he's piper's man you know (laughs) right right gotta give him that you like the the bad boys i mean i wouldn't consider daryl a bad boy but not daryl but cole cole (laughs) yeah i do so now we move to the conservatory and 
Prue is looking at a page about the power of deflection with Piper, and they're trying to figure out how he got close enough to get her power. Then Leo and Natalie realize that he must have the power of cloning, and Piper is annoyed because they're, like, finishing each other's sentences and everything. And Natalie's like, well, it happens when you work with somebody as long as we have. Then Prue starts using her power to flip through the book, and she's, like, cross-referencing cloning with warlocks. So then they get to a page about Ames, and she says it seems that ten years ago he murdered a witch in Glasgow and stole her power of cloning. Do you recognize him? And Natalie looks at the picture and says that it's him. And then she says, well, cloning and deflection are not his only tricks. In 89 in Kenya, transmogrification. Then Leo and Natalie at the same time say the ability to change shape or form. And Prue's like, so what's his master plan? And Natalie's like, what makes you think he has one? And she says, well, the time and geography between kills suggests that he was hunting these particular witches, right? It's not sport. It's strategy. Like, okay, Miss Officer. Um, Miss Investigator. And then Piper says, so all we have to do to stop him is figure out the plan and beat him to the punch. And she's like, right. Or we could try to take him out first before he even has a chance. Then Natalie says, Leo, we should discuss the best way to approach this situation. And then they look at her and she's like, I mean, in private, if you wouldn't mind going into another room, please. And Piper's like, or how about this idea? And she freezes her. Then Prue smiles and Leo's like, Piper, what are you doing? And she says, getting irritated. Who put Lady Attitude in charge? And she's like, she, he's like, she's not in charge. And Piper's like, really? Because she's acting like it. I thought white lighters were supposed to guide, not dictate. And he says she's just trying to help. And Prue's like, by what? Slowing us down and second guessing us? And Leo says, introducing the concept of caution and organization into the manor isn't a bad idea. Natalie is considered one of the top white lighters up there. And then Piper says, oh, I bet they love her. She never, She's never met a rule she didn't like. Then Prue says, we already have a white lighter. Besides, I don't like anybody who doesn't trust us. And Leo says that they've misread her, that Natalie's cautious because she just lost a charge and she's worried the same thing is going to happen to them and says you can't question her heart. Then Piper says, okay, how about everything else? And Leo says that he'll talk to her and ask Piper to unfreeze her. And Piper leaves the room and unfreezes her, obviously very annoyed. Then Natalie sees she's all of a sudden not there and she's like, wait, what's going on? And Leo says he needs to go talk to Piper and then he leaves. Then Prue is all smiley and turns to Natalie and is like, Piper froze you. And Natalie's like, she what? And she's like, yep. <laughs> and it's so funny. So I love this. This is the scene where it was like, they were finishing each other's sentences and she was like, oh, like it just happens when you work somebody. This was where I was like, Natalie's being a pick me. Oh yeah, that is so pick me of her. I didn't even think about that. The most pick me bitch I've ever seen in this show so far. I was like, oh, rough. Yeah. But then, um, you know, as we go on, the way she's trying to like ice Piper and Prue out from the decision making and talk to Leo alone. Interesting. I'm wondering if most white lighters work that way. They don't let their witches make the decisions. I know. I didn't know if that was like a, a thing. We haven't really discussed much about that, you know, like Leo's job and how his job is supposed to work, you know? Yeah. But it's like, never- does he just do what he does because he knows the sisters won't listen to him like this? Right. Who knows? But it's it is a little weird to me because it, you are supposed to guide and help them, but not like control them. Like it's not like she's in charge, which is pretty much how she's acting. Like like this is the way it's supposed to work. 
but I don't know if it really even adds up to me. It doesn't to me. And one of the reasons is if we think back to the season two episode, um, Apocalypse Not, when they're literally asking the them for specific advice and they're like, well, you have to make your own decision. Right. They're all about free will and everything instead. But now in this episode, it seems like at least with Natalie so far, and we'll see a little bit with them kind of all of a sudden giving the specific advice and saying what they should do and this and that when they've never really given those feelings before, you know? Though I do have a reasoning behind that that I'll get to later, which might explain it, but I totally get where you're coming from. All right. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> and then as far as like the uh, like what we're already talking about, I will say that like we have seen Leo try to give them more authoritative advice in the past and kind of get like shut out or like shot down because of it. So maybe that's, maybe this is more how white lighters act. Maybe they do have more of an authority than Leo does, but right. maybe the like they just don't. Like they are all about free will, but maybe the white lighters are supposed to be more of that specific okay. advice type of people for you. That could make sense. I mean- I don't know. I I definitely get where you're what you're saying, where you're coming from. So that very well could be the case because he has been shot down with his ideas quite a few times that we've seen. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like she's just a very by the book one. I feel like not all of them act this strict about it, but probably somewhere in between her and Leo. Yes. You know? I'm also interested in the way that like Leo is explaining her very, like, by-the-book actions by her emotions. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that could just because Leo's drawing on how he thinks he would behave in a similar situation, or if it's because of this close friendship that they seem to share, that he knows her, and, like, even though she's acting very cold on the surface, like, he genuinely knows what's below that because he knows her so well. Right. That could very well be the case. He is... I mean, defending her to the sisters, and then later on we'll see him defending the sisters to her, which is very sweet that he's not, like, one way or the other. But yeah, him justifying it through emotion is either maybe just a cover-up so the sisters aren't so frustrated with her, but it does seem like that's just how she is, you know? Like, she's very strict by the book. It could rely a little bit on her emotions and her fear about the whole situation but I don't know it seems more like that just is the kind of person she is that's the way she handles things you know yes I think another thing we're definitely seeing in this scene is the smartness of the sisters right Prue's very quickly picking up on the fact that Ames has a plan and Piper is right in there with her also putting things together so mm -hmm. we see that even though there's going to be a lot of stuff put on them in this episode about acting out of emotion. They're very smart. They're very good at what they do. And I don't like when women are questioned because they are emotional. That doesn't take away from your intelligence or your ability to solve problems. Agreed. They have always been able to figure it out. And I do respect that, like, we'll see Leo not really be okay with that either. Like, he will defend that as opposed to questioning them, like, and you know not trusting them just because they rely on emotion but that's what makes them good that's how they figure things out that's how they do it every time you know 
and the whole Piper and Leo of it all, we see Piper's jealousy coming right through and like frustration about Natalie and how she's acting towards them. And well, I guess we'll see in the next scene, Piper, when she lets it all out. <laughs> yes. And before we get there, I mean, the only other thing I want to say about this scene for sure is we learn another power, transmogrification. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. Wonder how that might come up. Me too. Transmogrification. Yeah, where he can change shape or form. That's an interesting one. He's got some cool ones. Deflection, cloning, transmogrification. Like, we're getting some good powers out here. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you have in a 12-year plan, you got to, uh, you know, have some seriously <laughs> cool ones. What is this? But I also just love that Piper froze her. So funny. So Me Piper. too comedic and Prue at the end like yeah like all happy about it I love it I like that we get to see a more funny side of Prue and kind of more of her real personality shine through because I felt like in season one it was very like she's straight up you know like we don't get to break that interior like or exterior and um see that inside of her and now we get to see a lot more of her acting more goofy yeah and I mean my thing is, Shannon Darty is so good at comedy, but I feel like they always use Alyssa Milano for it. So when Phoebe's not in a scene, that's when we get to see Prue be funny. But when it's the two of them, Phoebe always has to be the funny one, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, that's true. Never really noticed that. But they both pull it off really well. Even Piper does, too. She does a great job. Yeah. So then we go to the kitchen and Piper's there and Leo walks in and he's standing behind her. So she's facing away from him. And he says, hey, you want to freeze me in bed for your own personal pleasures? That is fine. But freezing Natalie is going to make her or the elders happy. Hallelujah. They finally have a name. We know what them is. We finally have a name for them. The amount of times I had to edit out one of us saying the elders over the past two seasons. Did we? Oh my God. It happened so- not as many times as you would think, but at least four times. <laughs> yeah. I know I know we were working really hard to not say that word because they hadn't said it in the show yet. But yeah, the elders, we finally have a name for them up there. Leo's bosses. This is great. I'm excited. Also, I remembered what they called them in season one when I was thinking about it. They called them the founders. So they went from the founders to the bosses to the elders. Oh, interesting. Okay. And this is just so you guys know what it sticks to. Yeah, they will henceforth be referred to not only by us, but also by the show as the elders. As the elders. I'm so thankful that I don't have to like watch out for that now because I was trying so hard I always had to focus on not saying it (laughs) yeah but anyways continue all right so she's like well I'm sorry but how do you think I feel listening to you two clickety clack about work when you don't tell me anything I mean she clearly knows things about you that I don't he says well she's an old friend that sounds like what someone would say about a picnic yeah and (laughs) she turns to him Uh, says obviously he says come on you're not jealous are you because there is nothing and she says leo i'm not jealous of her i am jealous of the part of your life that she gets to share with you that i don't you know like where you go all day who your other charges are what it's like up there he says i've taken you up there before she says once and i don't even get to remember it it's just more rules 
more stupid rules that exclude me, unlike you and Natalie, who literally speak the same language with each other. He says it's just boring shop talk. She says it's secrets. And if there's one thing I learned as a Hallowell, you don't keep secrets from the people you love. And speaking of secrets, right now? what? I was about to say, yeah, who are we subbing right now? Oh, yeah, true. Because right then, who opens the door? Phoebe walks in <laughs> and she asks if she's interrupting. Piper says yes. Leo says no. Piper asks how it went with Reese. Phoebe says fine. At least he's not a demon. Uh, Leo, can I talk to you about something soon? And Piper says, take a number. And he says later and then tells her to go meet Natalie. And Piper says, she's a, and Leo says, fellow white lighter. See, I finished your sentence. She goes, hmm, that's not what I was going to say. And then Phoebe is like, so weirded out and leaves. Yeah, that was really funny. That whole scene cracked me up. First of all, that little like first dig in the beginning that we just totally breezed past where he's like, you want to freeze me in bed for your personal pleasure? That's fine. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then just moved on. Like, he didn't just even say that. I was like, what the hell? When when I caught that, I was like, I never even realized. Because they moved forward so quickly. Like, the only time we've ever heard references to their sex life was... In season one, when she froze him because she was nervous, right? So we knew about that. And then the concentration episode. Oh my God, I can't concentrate. Not the concentration episode. (laughs) How could I freeze? Yeah, here we are. Apparently Piper just loves to freeze Leo in bed. Not sure what that means or how that works. Don't really want to think about it too much, if I'm being honest. Oh yeah, I don't want to get in too deep to that not my problem but apparently that's going on (laughs) and also i do understand like here piper went over all of it herself the whole jealousy that doesn't stem so much from um you know worried that something's gonna happen with natalie but worried about her not getting that part of his life you know and having to be so excluded from honestly the other half of his life like one part is her and everything else has to be hidden or kept a secret or there's some rules about this and that like I understand where Piper's coming from why this is so goddamn frustrating for her and that's the thing right because Piper's been in a relationship before with Dan where she had to be the one keeping a secret right Right. but her and Leo are supposed to be able to share this together this is supposed to be one of the reasons why their relationship is better But he does have this whole other life that she's not a part of. Like, he's completely part of her magical universe. She is not completely part of his because of that confidentiality with his other charges. Exactly. Exactly. I'd be worried about that, too. I'd be like, shit, I don't know what she'd do with them. No, literally. And I think Piper, I mean, with her, it's obviously, I mean, she trusts Leo, right? It's nothing to do with worry that Leo has someone else on the side, worry that Leo has feelings for Natalie or one of his other charges. Right. It's all about the fact that she feels left out from it. She feels like he gets all of her and she doesn't get all of him. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a shitty feeling to have to go through. And then that perfect timing of you don't keep secrets from the people you love right when Phoebe walks in. The writers really know what they're doing there. Yeah, they they did it perfectly just in time. Also, I love the way, like, Piper's so clearly frustrated and, like, Phoebe just feels that awkwardness and can't wait to get out of there. I know. She's like, let me just step away from this. 
go find out what the hell's going on. Anything else? But I wonder add? what she wants to talk to Leo about. Oh yeah, she did want to talk to Leo. I wonder if we get to see that happening in this episode. Yeah. Could it be about a secret? Possibly. What could it possibly be? I don't know. So now back in the conservatory, Prue is scrying and Natalie is telling her that she can't scry for warlocks. And she's like, I'm not scrying for him. I'm scrying for a witch. And says that she's focusing the crystal on her charger's power, which is technically still alive. That's when Phoebe walks in and shakes hands with Natalie, just as the crystal lands in the industrial district of south of San Francisco. And then Phoebe asks what's going on, and Prue says that they'll fill her in and calls for Piper and Leo. Then Natalie's like, wait, you're not going after him, are you? You're not prepared. And Phoebe picks up the athame and gets a premonition of a male witch being killed. And then Prue thinks the three of them can take him, and Natalie's like, people, we're under alert. You can't go running off half-cocked. You must consult the elders, find out what they know, what they want you to do. And Piper's like, how long will that take? Long enough to lose another witch's life? And Natalie says, better one than four. You wondered what Aim's ultimate goal was. What if it's to kill the charmed ones? Think of the damage he could do with all of your powers. And Prue says Natalie's right and that they should check with the elders. And then Natalie goes to do it. And Phoebe's like, so what? We're just supposed to wait? Prue's like, no, I had to say something to get rid of her. Then Leo was like, didn't you hear what she just said? Consulting with the elders is for your own protection. And Piper says, inciting with us is for yours. And they start to leave. God damn, Piper went in there. Sassy Piper, I love to see her. Yeah, seriously. I do have to say I understand where Natalie's coming from with this. Like, where they do go in a little unprepared and unorganized sometimes. And it'll usually bites them at first, but then they figure it out. But... I do agree that, you know, going in with the plan and being a little more logical about it could benefit them. Yeah, no, I don't think Natalie's wrong, right? I think Natalie ultimately is working for the ultimate good. She has really good intentions here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's just not taking into account the sister's personal feelings for her. She knows they're emotional. Like, that's how they operate. So she should be thinking about that as she's interacting with them. Right. She should know that this straightforward, like, bossiness and, oh, let's buy the book, it's not going to do anything for the sisters. It's not going to convince them of anything. It's just going to make them push them further and further away, basically. Yes. Which is making me wonder if, you know, maybe before his time with the Charmed Ones, Leo was a little more Natalie-ish, but having to adjust to their style and their way of operating has brought him to the way he is now. Yeah, I do wonder the same things and how he handles other charges. And I wonder if we ever get to see that other side of him, you know? I'm also interested in, I mean, maybe here's the wrong place to say it, but why did Phoebe get this premonition? Like, I mean, spoiler to the next scene, but why would she get a premonition about a dark later being in danger? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that her power is not supposed to, like, be centered around evil. Yeah, and then the way that, like, because she got the premonition, I guess, to stop him from dying so that what happens when he dies can't happen. But then if the elders know, because don't the elders kind of, like, the guiding force of premonitions? I don't know. They haven't really said anything about that. Just kind of that it's, like, 
whatever destiny is kind of thing you know okay so we're thinking that destiny goes beyond the elders there's some higher yeah. power than them okay right like because you know think about it they're all about free will and um like what's gonna happen is gonna happen the way that it's supposed to you know what i mean like they just i feel like are very much into that and they have i assume they're not the greatest higher power you know okay which I'm not completely sure about, and I'm not sure if we ever do get any clarification on that, but I don't know. Yeah. Something I definitely want to keep thinking about, though. How much yeah. power do the elders have? What's above them? That's something I definitely want to think about. Agreed. I like the way that it's Prue that kind of, like, fakes agreeing with Natalie, because I also feel like Prue's the one that if she was going to believe one of them was having a change of heart, it would be Prue because Prue's right. the most logical of the sisters. Yeah, that's true. She's the least emotional thinker. And um, the way that Phoebe and Piper both look at her like, what are you doing when she says that? It was like, okay. <laughs> but I love that at the end of the day, I mean, it's always team charmed ones, right? Right. Lo gotta love it. Yes. Our girlies. So then we're at the industrial district and... Ames is in the alley chanting. Then we see the sister's car pull up. And as they do, he gets up from where he was sitting. They all get out and Prue throws him back with telekinesis. He gets up and Piper goes to freeze him, but he deflects it. Then he teleports out, like kind of like fades out and it's a clone. So they think he, that the real Ames must be around there somewhere. Piper thinks that they should go, but Prue reminds them of the witch from Phoebe's premonition. And just as she's about to start describing him, he teleports in. He's a dark lighter. And he says, who are you? Why did you summon me? And he pulls out his crossbow and Piper tells Leo to get out of there. And he orbs out just as the dark lighter was about to shoot him. Phoebe kicks the crossbow out of his hand and then Piper freezes him as he's flying back. And they're super confused. But then the real Ames blinks in and says, oh, did I miss all the fun? And then he throws a fireball at the dark later and blinks closer to the sisters and says, no, wait, I am the fun. And then he grabs the crossbow and says, thanks for this and blinks out. What is his plan? That's what I wonder. He didn't even try to attack the sisters. He wanted this crossbow and summoned a dark lighter. I'm so curious about what his plan is. Yeah. What could he possibly want a crossbow for? We shall see. R.I.P. Right. to the dark lighter. I know, seriously. It is going to be frustrating when they see that Natalie was right or that they probably shouldn't have gone in half-cocked. Yes. A little bit of high drama. We finally get our little introduction between the sisters and Ames. He's kind of, kind of charming in a way. He's fun. I like him. I enjoy yeah, I like his presence on screen. Yeah, I don't I don't mind his energy. It, like it works for me. He really does. And he knows what he's doing. He's got that cockiness, but like in a funny way and it works for me. I'm not like, "Oh, I hate this guy," you know? He's a big you wanna bad. You want to know why I think I don't hate him? Cuz a lot of times we get these bad guys who are cocky, but they're also like misogynistic and like nasty and just terrible. Yeah. Right. Like he's a villain, but he's fun. Yeah, he's fun and he's he's not saying anything too weird. He just like is like, ah, uh, here's what I'm gonna do. Like, I got this whole plan. Like it's he's just he's fun. You're right. And it seems like his goal is power, maybe, more than anything else. So 
that's not a like offensive goal. You know what I mean? Right. So now back at the manor in the entryway, the sisters walk through the front door and Leo asks if they got the dark lighter and then they tell him no, but Ames did. And then Leo's confused and said, why would he do that? They both play for team evil and Prue is confused about why he wasn't interested in them and says that he seemed cocky. And then Natalie orbs in and she's like, good, you're still here. And Piper's like, speaking of cocky. And she says, I consulted the elders and they want you to hold back. They think the witch Phoebe saw in her premonition might be a force of darkness. And Prue says a dark lighter, actually. And Natalie's like, how do you know? And Piper's like, we went, we saw, we didn't quite conquer. And Natalie asks Leo how he let this happen. And Prue says that it was their decision, not his. And Piper says that Ames wasn't even after them. And then Natalie says, that makes you lucky, not smart. You were reckless. As the Charmed Ones, you have an obligation to serve the greater good. You have a higher calling. And then the white lighter jingle goes off, and Natalie and Leo take hands and orb out to go up there. And Piper's bothered by this hand-holding thing, but, you know, Prue and Phoebe think they need to focus on finding Ames and figuring out his plan. Then Phoebe says she'll look in the book, and Prue says that she's going to make a flow chart, and Piper's going to help her says anything to get rid of her and then phoebe's like you mean him and she's like nah i mean her and they go their separate ways i love this here why are they holding hands like that was so unnecessary to include that i know i was like that's like that time when like piper and leo weren't together and he's like i need to hold you for us to order yeah i know like when have they ever done that ever again (laughs) i'll have to hold you it's just like weird like why the hell did they hold hands <laughs> they both can orb yeah no piper's there was like, no need i love that piper's like um well, what the hell was that <laughs> maybe she's changing her mind about the jealousy thing now she's like i didn't know they were holding hands yeah she's like well if it's if it's like that then that changes things up no genuinely like what what are your intentions pick me as hell no literally question Holding hands, super romantic, in your opinion? Um, no, not super romantic, but it's just a little weird when it's, like, unnecessary. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the only time I hold hands with someone who I'm not romantically interested in is, like, if we're walking through a crowd and I'm trying not to lose them. Right. Like, I'll hold hands with my friends sometimes, like, to do the same thing or even just, like, I don't know, walking around as a joke, but not That's like, what I'm saying. Like, I yeah, do it as like, a joke, but I'm never like, let's hold hands. Yeah, like, that's weird. It's not normal. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, I feel like holding hands is, like, very intimate. So it, like, yeah. feels weird to me. Yeah, I could see that. It's definitely a more intimate kind of action, because what other reason do you need, like, to hold somebody's hand? I don't know. It's definitely a little bit romantic or at least intimate for sure yeah and the way she like they held hands and then she put her hand over his like why did she <laughs> she put me. the other hand over there like okay weird as hell anyways <laughs> despite her pick me behavior i think natalie's totally right here i totally get where she's coming from um i totally see why she's putting this pressure on the charmed ones because she's right they do have this greater responsibility they are taking unnecessary risks i mean either way the dark lighter was gonna die right right 
she's got this tough love kind of way about her handling these situations and honestly it does work for her character it is kind of annoying but like i do get where she's coming from like you said it makes sense to me she's being reasonable and logical right now and the charmed ones just because of their pre-emotions for her like right off the bat are kind of i think struggling with this idea of accepting that she could be right yes and i'm also wondering if part of the issue is that she's a woman that acts this way like would they have the same hostility towards a man exhibiting these same behaviors i think they'd be worse with a man doing it women on women is like all right like fuck you but when a man does it it's like i don't know who the hell you think you are trying to tell me what to do and talk to me like that these are strong independent women like i couldn't see them allowing a man to get away with you know acting this way towards them and disrespecting them like that not disrespecting them but just being so i think they'd be i feel like they'd be a little more hostile and a little more pushed back being like whoa just because like and i feel like the show if they did put a man in this position they would turn it into like a slightly misogynistic thing you're right they would no like we have seen the sisters interact with men like that and we've seen different reactions at different times so i do think i could definitely see what you're saying happening like i think that if the show were to put him they wouldn't have it him acting just like natalie is they'd have him probably say something weird or like make some weird comment that doesn't sit right you know yes about them women or something like that yeah ultimate opinion of natalie is not that she's like struggling with internalized misogyny i don't think she is i think she's just a very strict rule follower exactly and i don't know that they would portray it quite that way with a man like even later on they i mean it's not much of a spoiler they she natalie says something about the clothes that they wear and i feel like if a man were to say that like we wouldn't be so okay with that you know not that i you know what I, but you know what i'm saying right yeah and we could talk about that when we get there. When we yeah. get there, yeah. So then we go to the dining room and Phoebe is flipping in the book and she turns to the page about Belfazor and says, what am I going to do about you? And then she looks up. So again, the show can never let us forget. Then we see some clouds and fade into heaven up there, whatever we want to call it. And there are these big tall walls and everything's kind of cloudy and it's in this bluish white tint. And people are all wearing white robes, except for Leo, who's dressed in his normal clothes. And we hear clicking going on in the background. Then Natalie walks over to him and says, I've never seen the elders like this before. They're worried about what Ames is up to. Aren't you going to change into your robes? The rules say. And he says, I know the rules. I find my jeans more comfortable. She says, that attitude scares me, Leo. I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't tell you how concerned I am about the situation at the manor. He says, you haven't seen the charmed ones at their best. Trust me, they're talented witches. She says, they're also sloppy, untrained, emotional. He says, and undisciplined, I know. But that's part of what makes them great. They work on instinct, on passion. Natalie says they're too impulsive. They lead with their hearts, not their heads. And they're not the only ones. He says, you think I do too? She says, I think it's clear that you love them. He says, every white lighter loves their charges. 
Natalie says, not the way that you do. Your feelings are clouding your ability to see their weaknesses. He says, weaknesses? I think their record speaks for itself. They took out Belthazor, who took out the triad. She says, but Belthazor is a perfect example. He never should have gotten that close to them. I can't help but think that your relationship with Piper, he says, is none of your business. She says, actually, it is. The elders want to know whether or not I think it's getting in the way of your job. And they look at each other. And then we start hearing Phoebe calling for him. And he says, well, that's a charge. I've got to go. And orbs out. And she puts like the robe back over her head. So now it all comes out. Now they really have to start listening because she has all the power over this probation between Piper and Leo being lifted. Yes. And we already know how she feels about the sisters, so it's not looking so good. No, I guess Piper was right. They're never going to be able to get married now. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like things are headed in that direction, and I'm a little concerned. I'm also very interested in the way that we could see her judgment of Leo here Mm -hmm. um, and how he's changed in her opinion, since being with the sisters. Right. Like, I guess he used to be more like this, more uh, professional on the job. And I guess maybe ever since he did start an emotional relationship with the sisters, he's kind of loosened up and not been such a, like, become more humane rather than just like, this is my job all the time, you know? Yeah. It's kind of that loss of that, very strict by the book because he's working with people who don't operate that way. It's kind of come into who he is as a person too. Right. But even when he was directly on the job, see, here's the thing that confuses me a little bit because in the beginning, he kept it a secret that he was their white lighter, but here she's acting like, Oh, you're supposed to tell these people what to do. But then why was it a secret if they were supposed to know? That's one of my big questions about white lighters in the series is how many of their witches are kept in the dark and how many of their witches know about white lighters? Because we know Patty knew that Sam was her white lighter. Daisy knew that Leo Leo was. Did she know he was a white lighter though? Yeah. Because remember in the beginning scene, he orbed her and cloaked her. You're right. But I think he, she, he only knew that after she was in danger with a dark lighter. Could be, but we never really got an answer to that. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that it was only because she already knew magic existed. Because Daisy was human. She was a future white lighter. She wasn't a witch. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, I, yeah, I guess I'm not. I'm still a little confused about the whole white lighters of the show. And I'm sure we'll have other episodes where Leo's involvement with other charges, if any, um, come up again and then... Maybe we can question things a little more then. Um, My only other comment, you know, I love the way he's defending the Charmed Ones, standing up for them, saying, you know, their record speaks for itself, but Natalie's still having those little things to pick at. Um, Right, always nitpicking at something. Yeah. Because again, you know, she's so by the book that that never would have happened with one of her charges. Oh, right. Of course not. I mean, I do understand where she's coming from. I feel like she is being a bit too, like, nitpicky and kind of investing herself way too much into this. And, like, they are still human at the end of the day. 
You know what I mean? It's not like white lighters where you are just a white lighter. They had lives. They were people before this. Magic came to them like off caught off guard, you know, like that they still have to pay their bills. They still have to do their job. White lighters don't have to worry about that. So they still have to deal with the real world and be in that. So emotion is going to interfere. They can't just be super badass witches all the time. And that's all they do. Yeah. And I mean, we even saw her kind of judging her own charge that was killed for that, you know, when she says right. like, oh, she wouldn't let magic get in the way of her life. So she went out anyway when I told her not to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So right. it's kind of that lack of human empathy because she doesn't have that same emotional connection with her charges that Leo obviously has because of his relationship with Piper. Exactly. But in some ways that almost could be better, like a good thing rather than a bad thing. And I mean, those are things also we can discuss further as we move forward. Yeah. And I think that might be a message that the show is trying to send. I think the episode is doing a lot to make Leo more likable to us than Natalie. Oh yeah, for sure. They're trying to keep her obviously not super unreasonable, but to a point where like she's definitely annoying and kind of this character that like if if she was in the show all the time, it'd be like, all right, the show sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now we are in Phoebe's room and she's calling his name and Leo orbs in. And she, he's like, sorry, Phoebe, I forgot you needed to talk. What's up? And she asks if what she says is just between them and asks if the elders can hear or whatever. And he's like, no, what is it? And they sit down together and she tells him that Cole is alive. She says, Cole, Balthazar, I didn't really vanquish him. I know it's horrible and I've barely been able to live with Prue and Piper ever since, but I just couldn't tell them. And he's like, Phoebe. And she's like, I couldn't kill him, Leo. I had every intention of doing it. But when I got there and I was face to face with him, I just, I couldn't kill him. And I know that my sisters were going to. And he's like, so you faked his death? And she's like, I didn't have a choice, Leo. I know in my heart that he would never try to hurt us. Otherwise, I wouldn't have let him go. All I knew is that I loved Cole. And if anyone understands forbidden love, it's you. And he gets up all frustrated and he's like, oh my God, Phoebe, it's not even close to being the same thing. He is a demon. She's like, he's half human. And he says he's a killer. He has killed witches and innocents and anything else that has gotten in his way. What is the matter with you? What makes you think that he's not going to come back here right now and try to kill all three of you? And she's like, he won't. I know he's good. And he says, no, you hope he's good. You want him to be good. And she looks away all upset. And he's like, why did you even tell me this? And she's like, I don't know, Leo. I was sort of counting on you for your guidance and support. And he says, it's my guidance and support that got you into this mess. I don't even know how to begin to fix this. And then he walks out upset and Phoebe looks really sad. So this is crazy. This is like the most anger we've seen from Leo. But it's less about her than it is about him, it seems like. He seems a little more frustrated with himself. And I feel like Natalie is getting to him. I think so too. You know, one of the points he just used in defending his methods and in defending the Charmed Ones methods is that they killed Belvazor, right? And now he's finding out that isn't true. Right. And his charges are lying and keeping secrets. And I get Phoebe's hurt, but I do think 
Leo's anger and frustration here is justified and understandable. Oh, absolutely. And I know that it sucks because she's sad and she knows that this isn't going to go well, you know, her telling any of them. And it's not like the show can just make Leo be like, oh, well, that sucks, whatever. Like, no, it's valid that they have this frustration going on, you know? It works for me and for him to just not so easily be like forgiving and understanding like Phoebe's going to have to go through it with all of them finding out about this because what she did was a lot, you know, and now that one of them knows, I wonder if the rest are going to find out. I wonder if he's coming back even sooner now, like things are getting crazy. I know, I know. And, you know, I like the way that. Because she did the same thing when she wanted him to heal Cole. Was like, oh, well, you break the rules for Piper. And now she's like, well, you and Piper have a forbidden love. And I love when he's like, it's not even close to the same thing. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's really not. And I feel like, yeah, Phoebe trying to use that against him. She does that a lot to kind of manipulate him. But I do get it. You know, I I get that she's just really trying to find a way to make this seem okay. Yeah. And it's hard because, like, as much as we ship Phoebe and Cole, like, it's not good. Yeah, no, he is still a demon at the end of the day. And, like, I'm not really sure where her he's good is coming from. Just because he didn't kill you because he loves you and didn't kill your sisters because he doesn't want to hurt you. Does that make him good? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you don't know what he's out doing without you being around, you know? Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever get the answer. Is Cole good? We shall see. Looking forward to figuring that out. Me too. If he comes back. hmm <laughs> So then we're in the hallway and Leo gets a pain in his side and falls to the ground groaning. And Phoebe hears this from her room and runs out after him. She runs over to him and asks what's wrong. And he says that someone's being hurt. He can feel her pain. He says it's not one of his charges. Then Prue and Piper run over and ask what happened. And he screams and says she needs help. Then we flash to the woods where Ames is stabbing a woman and tells her that he could have killed her, but that he's not after her powers. He's looking for a few good white lighters. Well, actually, just one. And the woman is crying. Then we cut back to the hallway and Piper says, why isn't her white lighter helping her? He says, I don't know, but I have to go to her. And he's about to orb out when Prue stops him. And she realizes what Ames's plan is, that he wanted the crossbow to kill a white lighter. That's when Natalie orbs in and tells him that Prue's right. He wants the power to orb up there so he can kill all the white lighters and leave their charges unprotected. She tells them that the elders instituted a lockdown. Her and Leo are the only ones who can still orb so that they can help the charmed ones to stop Ames. And apparently they can both feel the witch's pain. But Natalie says, I won't be controlled by it. A white lighter who's controlled by his emotions is useless. The greater good must come first. Then we flash back to the woods where the witch is laying on the ground crying and Ames is crouched with the crossbow in his hand under his chin. He says, well, this is boring. What kind of lame white lighter do you have? And he gets up and she says that they must be onto him and he thinks that she's right and they'll send witches 
And if they send witches, white lighters won't be far behind. So he kills her because she's no longer useful to him. And then as the sisters, Leo and Natalie, are walking down the stairway, he feels her getting killed. And Prue says, what does your rule book say to do now to Natalie, who looks unsure? All right. So we had a couple little flashes there. (laughs) In and out. This is a little new. Have we ever seen Leo feel their physical pain before? No, like even when Piper got killed, what, two episodes ago, he didn't feel her pain. He was just upset that his girlfriend was dead. Right. And that was actually his charge. Yeah. So I'm a little confused about this and why that kind of just randomly got introduced and if that is going to happen again. Yeah, because I feel like there have been plenty of times where the Charmed Ones have been hurt and he wasn't there when it happened and he didn't just like orb in because he felt their pain. Right. Exactly it never worked like that before so feels a little bit like plot's sake yeah it definitely sounds like plot's sake to me but i like the smartness here of first of all aims its whole plan which pretty smart i must say and then prue figuring it out and natalie being on the same page about it like that worked well for me them like being like oh snap like this must be what it is you know yes You know what this scene also made me think about? So you know how like Natalie and Leo are both feeling the pain of this witch? Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me of how like men are not used to being physically uncomfortable. So like when they get a cold, they're major babies about it. But like women go through like illnesses all the time and act like they're still fine. Yep. It's so different. Men are such babies about (laughs) things that we're like, yeah, that's nothing to us. Like if men only felt the cramps that i get like on a monthly basis they'd be out cold yeah. no literally they'd and that's like, what this scene like immediately made me think of they'd act like it's the end of the world and it's so funny i know you know prue's little dig at natalie at the end of what does your rule book say do to say now like you agreed with natalie's plan so why are you so pissed off yeah i know like that was kind of an unnecessary dig but had to jab at her every once in a while. Yeah, I guess she's got to stay Team Piper by being mean to Natalie. Right. She's just having her sisters back. <laughs> so now we are in the kitchen and Phoebe is grabbing teacups and blaming Natalie for the witch dying. And Prue thinks that they need to focus on vanquishing Ames before he kills again. Then Phoebe says it'll be tricky because they need to counteract his powers. And Piper's like, plus we need to do it fast because I don't like my boyfriend being one of the only two targets on Earth. Which is, like, crazy to think about. Yeah. Like, of all of them, it's just Leo and Natalie. The only white lighters on Earth right now. I know. So they really are in danger, which, I mean, really does show her commitment to the greater good. She's the one taking this risk to help Leo and the Charmed Ones, right? Right, of course. She does have this commitment to it. And I mean, this scene isn't too important, but more about them kind of being like, all right, well, this sucks, but now we got to focus on Ames. Yeah. Exactly. So then we're in the living room, and Leo and Natalie are sitting on the couch when the sisters walk in. And Piper says that they need to talk to Leo in private and asks her to go in another room. And Natalie says, if it's work related, you can discuss it with me. 
And Leo tells them that he asked Natalie to take over as their white lighter. He says, Piper, nothing is more important to me than your safety, and my being here is putting all of your lives at risk. Prue says, Leo, you've done nothing but protect us. And he says he would have rushed off to help that witch, but Prue stopped him. He says, I'm supposed to be guiding you, and you're guiding me. Prue says they all make mistakes, and he says they can't afford to right now. Then Phoebe says, Leo, if this is because of me, he says, it isn't Phoebe. It's because of me. And then he tells Piper that he's going to join the lockdown and to do as Natalie asks because it's important for them. Then they kiss and he orbs out and all the sisters sit down and give Natalie dirty looks. And she says, I suggest you channel your anger toward the warlock you're meant to vanquish. Now first, and Prue asks for a moment to process it, but Natalie says it's time you stop focusing on yourselves and start focusing on Ames. You must prepare yourselves for battle, mentally, physically, sartorially. And Phoebe's like, what? And Piper laughs and says that she doesn't like their clothes. She says, you need outfits that are loose and move. That means no more brawless, strapless, fearless attire. And Prue says, okay, but then I have nothing to wear. And Natalie looks so annoyed. I love that scene there. <laughs> she was good. So I do understand where Leo's coming from. And I like that it's not just Piper that's like, you know, hey, I don't like this. I don't want to do that. You know, they all are kind of like, Leo, like, none of us want this. Like, none of us want to lose you. They all love him, which is so sweet, you know. But I get where he's coming from for this situation, kind of trying to let her take control and allow the sisters to, in a situation like this, have someone who's a little more professional, can maybe get the job done a little better now that he's doubting himself yeah I think she really got into his head about the idea that working off your emotions is wrong and it's gonna hurt you in the end um and I'm interested to say how the show may respond to that later in the episode but I think I totally get where Leo's coming from he feels like he's failing with the Phoebe news with him almost doing exactly what the warlock wanted him to do and of course, with him wanting to make sure him and Piper can stay together and telling her to work with Natalie, if not to save the world for that reason, because we all know their relationship comes first. Exactly. It must. So now that they're all on the same page about, okay, we kind of have to listen to Natalie and do what she says for Piper's sake, <laughs> <laughs> then we shall see how this goes. Also, like... I feel like every show that came out in this era that had like badass fighter women, like they were also very feminine and like dressed, you know, in like cute, fun, like sexy types of ways. So the show commenting on that is interesting to me. I don't know how I feel about the comment, if I'm being honest. In one regard, I'm like, yes, it makes sense if you're physically fighting to be in athletic clothing. But at the same time, it's like, They've been fine this whole time. Right, yeah, never mattered for them before. But again, it's coming from like a her being very strict by the book, wanting a certain thing, you know? Yeah, and but I a think- a comment like that with a man would have been a little bit like- Yes. And I think the reason I'm not seeing it as internalized misogyny, but instead as professionalism is because she also commented on Leo's clothes earlier in the episode when they weren't right, professional. Right, yeah. That's true. 
Because otherwise I'd be like, wow, she's just a hater. She doesn't want to let women be fun and sexy. But I'm like, no, I she's just being professional. Like she dresses very professionally. She wants everyone to do that. Exactly. So now we are in some alley and it is nighttime. And the sisters and Natalie are all doing stretches and they're all dressed athletically and are like struggling. And then Prue asks Piper why they're doing this. And she says, because one bad word from General Goody Two-Shoes and I'm not getting married. And then Natalie turns around and tells them that they will need split-second timing and flawless teamwork and says, I can't tell you what you'll be doing, but I can tell you what you won't. You won't be winging it. You won't be hoping for the best. The will to win is the will to prepare to win. Do you understand me? And Prue's like, uh-huh, like she's talking all, uh, because she's talking all like a military. <laughs> and Phoebe says that she didn't get the last one and... Natalie's like, you think you're so tough because you took out Belthazar, don't you? Well, let me tell you something. You're only as good as your next vanquish. She tells them that their goal with Ames is to get the crossbow, to get rid of the immediate threat to white lighters. But if they have the opportunity to like to vanquish Ames, they should seize it. But the crossbow is the goal. And she says that they should pretend that she's the enemy. And Prue's like, oh, that's way too easy. And Phoebe claps and Piper's like laughing. Natalie's like very funny and they start going through the plan and Natalie keeps shooting it down but they're not being all that serious about it and then Phoebe's like this is too hard usually in these situations everything happens so quickly the adrenaline is pumping and she says I want you to think using your brains not your glands now try again and then like it cuts to Prue walking up the wall to do a flip and Natalie like tapping her shoulder with the crossbow then a clip of phoebe levitating and natalie spinning her around and then her falling to the ground and then a clip of piper dodging and freezing electricity balls while doing like ground flips and then one of them hitting her like them trying and failing but like prue i can't stand the way they make prue act like she's got all this training and she can fight like so badass like where did that even actually come from why you can't you're running up a wall really and doing a flip fuck off yeah like i could see phoebe doing that because of the levitation power like kind of adding to her being able to do something like that but it's really confusing why prue can just walk up walls exactly like it makes sense for phoebe and we saw her doing like the whole training we never got that from prue why did they yeah we've gotten like quick references but like we've never seen it we don't like if we constantly saw her and phoebe sparring with each other i'd be like yeah they're both really practicing martial arts yeah but I haven't I haven't really seen that and I don't know it felt like it just came out of nowhere for me every time I see this I'm like where do you even get this ability but whatever I like how she's talking like seriously like a general and the girl's not really taking her serious but like the comedic effect of it all it's all working really well for me her training them it's cracking me up it feels good it feels like you know things are working smooth I'll also say what I love the little bits of rebellion in them, like the way they're making the jokes, the way they're still very much being themselves. I also love that like Phoebe and Piper are both dressed in like loose baggy type athletic clothes. And then Prue, because she specifically said they can't wear braless attire, which let's be real. Prue never wears a bra ever. Yeah. Um. So she's wearing one that you could very clearly see out of the top of her low cut shirt, and it's so yeah, funny to me. Yeah, she's the only one that's like still in some really sexy outfit, and it cracked me up. 
It's like you said I had to wear a bra. Well, now you're going to see it. Yep. This is all we got. So then we're at P3, and the sisters are sitting at the bar stools, braiding on papers. And Phoebe whispers to Piper, if we don't vanquish Ames, can we at least vanquish Natalie? And Piper says, don't tempt me. And Prue says, all right, I've got the cloning potion and the vanquishing spell done. Piper says, I'm almost done with the transmogrification. Phoebe says, mine came out a little country western. I am rejecting your deflection. And Piper says that Natalie needs to approve it. And then Phoebe says that Leo trusted them. And then she makes like a sexist joke about them not being able to give her what she needs. And Prue says, personal feelings aside, you kind of have to admire her professionally, you know? She's very dedicated. And Piper says, yeah, but she's not Leo. And then Natalie comes over and asks about the spells and looks at them and says that they look good and that it's time to nail this warlock. And she wants to use herself as bait to bring Ames to them because he can track her orb. And when he shows up, she leaves, they're there and ready. Piper says that it's dangerous. And she says, I appreciate your concern. Piper says, my concern is not for you, at least not just for you. My concern is if you fail, and Natalie says she won't, as long as they follow the rules, they'll succeed. And Piper looks really annoyed. All right. So they got this whole little bickering, bantering going on. They're ready to take on Ames, apparently, and try this out. So I'm looking forward to see if Natalie's plan does succeed and if following the rules really gets them what they want this time. Yes, I'm interested in that, too. I think that this is the moment where we really see who Natalie is as a person, Mm -hmm. the way that she is willing to risk herself, even if she doesn't think anything's going to happen, she is putting herself in harm's way for the greater good, which shows us that even though she's very logical, there is something in her that cares. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing in this scene. Right, exactly. Definitely seeing a more humane side of her in this one. Yes, also, even though I hated the little, like, Natalie get needs to get laid joke, I will say that it was clever of the writers to put that in and then have Natalie use the phrase, we need to nail this warlock. <laughs> yeah. So, now we are in the woods and the sisters are hiding by the trees, then Natalie orbs in by the dead witch, and Ames blinks in, and the sisters run out and she orbs away just as he shoots an arrow, then Prue moves close to the or moves the crossbow away from him and he fades out. We know it's a clone. And Piper runs to go get the crossbow. Then Phoebe asks where he is and why he isn't fighting back. They're like confused about this. They think it seemed way too easy and they just run off. So pretty much a quick little fight scene here. They they got the bow and arrow, which was the ultimate goal according to Natalie. And that's about it. Luckily she didn't get killed. True. Mm -hmm. so then we go to the manor and natalie is pacing by the steps as the sisters walk in and she asks if they got it they hand it to her and she seems satisfied but then the sisters feel uneasy and she says we got what we wanted and no one got hurt this is what happens when white lighters and witches work hard together and thanks to you they'll get a chance to do a lot more of it i'll bring this up there And then Piper asks if Leo gets to come back, and Natalie says it's not her call. Then she pauses, and she says, Ames didn't fight at all. 
And they say no and that they left right away following the rules. And then she looks down at the crossbow and black smoke appears and then he forms and grabs her. And the sisters try to fight, but he deflects their moves and throws them back. Then he stabs Natalie with an arrow and blinks out with her while the sisters all look shocked and upset. What a freaking guy. His plan was genius to be formed. transmogrification. Seriously. Use that at some point because that was the one power we hadn't seen from him. And what did he do? He transformed into the bow and arrow. Good for him. And we saw that Natalie's plan that she thought she worked out every sitch didn't work out for her. Following the rules didn't turn out the way it should have. Exactly. And by the time she figures it out, right, she's too late. Exactly. And poor Natalie, because it looks like she's going to need some healing and there are no other white lighters on Earth. And we don't know what's happening. Yep. I also like the way that the sisters felt like something was wrong there. I think that shows, again, those instincts that they're always having. Mm-hmm. That always seem to work out for them in the end. Yes. So now we are in the living room and Piper says, we followed the stupid rules and look what happened. Phoebe's like, I hate rules and Prue's like, I knew something was wrong. Why didn't I trust my instincts? And she's like, well, none of us did, but I'm going to now and calls for Leo and they all start calling and he orbs in and then he tells them that he was watching and he knows what happened. And Phoebe says that they're done playing by the rules and Prue says that they need to stop Ames. And Leo's like, well, I know from experience that dark lighter poison doesn't kill immediately. So there's still a window for opportunity. And Leo has a plan that breaks the rules. And Piper seems to know what it is. Like they have that moment of reading each other's mind. And then Prue and Phoebe look at each other a little confused. So not too much going on here, but except for them kind of showing that, oh, Piper and Leo have that. And that them trusting their instincts at the end of the day is what makes them good and not following the rules. Yeah. And I think that's really the message of this episode, right? Is that the sisters work so well because they are driven by their instincts, their love for each other, their emotions about protecting innocence. Like that's where their power truly comes from is their humanity. And following rules takes away that human element. And so it's very much about the idea of like, fuck the man, right? Like we have to do what's best for us and what women are constantly judged for in our society is being too emotional so saying that emotions have the greater power than pure logic i think is that message at the end of the day it is yeah it's a really good connection exactly i definitely agree couldn't have said it any better (laughs) so then we're in an alley and natalie is laying on the ground and struggling with the arrow in her stomach Ames is telling her not to fight the poison. He's like, how does it feel to know that you will be responsible for the end of white lighters and witches alike? The end of good. Then she dies and he holds her face and the power goes to him. And then he gets up and orbs out holding the crossbow. Wow. Rip to Natalie. R.I.P. Natalie. They couldn't save her. And Ames has got his way. So I can only imagine what this crazy ass plan is going to be now. I know. So now we are up in heaven or whatever up there is. And three white lighters stand together in robes with their hoods up. 
and aims orbs in and laughs and then he shoots an arrow at one and it moves away and then freezes and prue takes off her hood and then he looks shocked then phoebe goes up behind him and kicks him and he flies back into the arrow and starts coughing and Ames is like, what the hell are you doing up here? And Phoebe says, kicking your ass. And then Prue says, don't bother trying to orb out. It won't work. You didn't just get the powers of a white lighter. You got their vulnerability too. And then they decide that the poison isn't working fast enough. And so they cast the vanquishing spell. And he bursts into flames and is gone. And they're all very happy about it. And then a white lighter walks over and it's Leo. And he's very proud. And then Piper apologizes for not being able to save Natalie. And he's like, me too. But she died for the greater good. I know that she would have made that choice herself. And Phoebe says, although I don't think she would have been too keen on us orbing up here. And Leo's like, which is why we got to get you out of here before we all get in trouble. And then Prue like makes a joke about getting a tour or getting to meet the elders. And he's like, no, we need to go. And Piper's like, it's not like we get to remember it anyway. And Leah says, you will this time. And they all walk off. What a vanquish. Like, I like that whole idea. Them going up there into the heaven or the clouds and vanquishing him there by pretending to be white lighters. It's very smart. It was. It was very genius. And it was obviously one thing where Ames didn't think ahead of them because he knows that white lighters are all about rules. And so he never expected witches to be there. Exactly. Never would have thought that they would be up there with them. It does suck that the only way this plan could have worked was if they let Natalie die. But it is what it is. It was for the greater good, like he said, a choice she definitely would have made herself. Yes. And, you know, as much as she had her annoying moments in the episode, it is sad that the one other white lighter we met is gone. Had she been able to continue, maybe we would have seen some growth and development for her as well. But, you know, she doesn't get that chance. So RIP to Natalie. The episode taught us that rule following isn't always what you have to do. But I do think that you were an interesting character and I enjoyed having you for the episode. I did too. She she did well at playing the part she needed to. Yes. Also, why did they get to remember it this time? I don't really understand. Oh, yeah, I don't either. It must be some sort of like, oh, they knew Piper was there, so she, they kind of forced her to forget, but I guess for some reason they didn't know that the sisters were there this time or something like that. I don't know. Plot's sake? Plot's sake. We'll chop it up to that. All right. So then we go to P3 for the final scene of the episode. A band is playing and it's super packed. Phoebe and Piper are sitting in the alcove and Prue walks over and says that she just checked their messages at home and that Reese called for Phoebe. And Phoebe's like, really, did he say it was urgent? And Prue's like, well, what could be urgent about the case? She's like, uh, nothing. Actually, I can't think of anything that would be urgent. And Piper says, I can. I urgently want Leo to walk into this bar. He's been up there a really long time and I'm starting to get worried. I don't understand how they could be mad at him after we saved their butts. Phoebe says, well, he broke some pretty big rules while doing it. She says, yeah, well, if they hold that against him, I'm crossing over to the other side. Prue says, ditto. Phoebe says, yeah, ditto. And Piper gets up and goes back to working. Then Prue asks Phoebe what she's thinking about and says that if she wants to talk, she's there. And Phoebe says, I was just worried about Leo, too. 
you know, and then she turns away. Then we see Leo standing there and he walks over. Prue goes to get Piper and he sits next to Phoebe and asks how she is. She says, I'm great. Actually, I'm lying. Admitted liar. I'm awful. I am so sorry that I am such a screw up. He says, hey, hey, I'm the one who should be apologizing. I let you down. I should have been watching more carefully. Won't happen again, okay? And they look at each other. Then Piper walks over and asks what happened. He says they found out what happened and reviewed the Natalie situation, so they decided to lift their probation. Piper were officially engaged, and Prue starts jumping up and down and hugs Piper. Then Phoebe hugs Leo all smiley. Then Piper and Leo hug, and Phoebe and Prue look at them with big smiles. I love how they put that, like, hug between them in slow motion for no reason. <laughs> like, it was so out of place. <laughs> what a cute moment. I can't believe it. The probation is lifted. It didn't look like that was going to happen, but they respected their decision. And they understand that sometimes breaking the rules does work out. And maybe that's why they did this. Yes. And, of course, the moment between... Uh, sisters where like phoebe's like oh I, I don't know anything that would be urgent about the case like prue kind of questioning this whole idea of it i love that they keep just like rubbing it in our faces you know yes also the way that piper totally pulled a phoebe here and just changed the subject to being about her man when they weren't talking about anything related to leo <laughs> i know i know well we switched up i guess they all kind of have that issue but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is leaving us with a lot of questions about what's to come. And of course, we know one thing that's coming, a wedding. Yep. And I can't wait to see it. So very excited. We know that they're going to be getting married soon and that possibly Cole could be coming back. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with him. And we don't know if the sisters are going to find out now that Leo knows. Like, I definitely have a lot of questions. What Reese is going to find. A lot of cool questions are coming up for us now. Yes. There's no way they're just going to drop it at this point. The, sh the other shoe is going to drop eventually. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through the season at this point. And I'm definitely, definitely really interested to see what the second half is going to have to offer us. Me too. Any other well, final thoughts? Just overall that it's a really good, like, it was a pretty good episode. It's not generally one that I'm like, always standing out to me like very exciting to watch but it's definitely a good episode it worked well for me I didn't have too many notes about it except for minor inconsistencies but I enjoyed it I did yeah I definitely think this is a good one we learned a lot about kind of white lighter stuff I'm interested to see how the show will continue to develop white lighter lore but I think we got some new terms and some interesting backstory here also, I will just say, whenever people make fun of Piper on TikTok, they refer to her as Miss Blinded by the White Lighter. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yes. That is so funny. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's kind of true. It is, because her character revolves so much around Leo sometimes, so I was like, that's actually a hilarious comment. Yeah, hilarious that it's this episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. 
If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitchedpodcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for Season 3, Episode 12, Wrestling with Demons.